Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's not often that a row in the cricketing world blows past the sports pages, storms through Westminster, and sends shockwaves across the country. There is no place for racism anywhere in society. It must be confronted, it must be eradicated, and it should never be written off as just banter. The government is extremely concerned by the reports of racism at Yorkshire County Cricket Club. It's a row that's shaken the sedate world of cricket and those who so devotedly follow it. It's more than just a sport, it's a way of life and becomes kind of all-encompassing to those people who love it. As we know, back in the subcontinent, it's not just a game, it's more like a religion. One by one, the big names in the Yorkshire County Cricket Club have been bowled out. Mark Arthur, the chief executive of Yorkshire County Cricket Club, has stepped down from his role here at Headingley. Chairman Roger Hutton has this morning resigned in the wake of the Azim Rafiq racism allegations. You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today the Yorkshire racism scandal engulfing English cricket. The former cricket player, Azim Rafiq, will give evidence to the Culture, Media and Sports Select Committee today about the racism he experienced at Yorkshire County Cricket Club. Among the allegations is the repeated use of the P-word. To understand what happened to Azim and how it was allowed to happen, we're starting the story in Yorkshire. It's England's most successful county cricket club and it's also at the heart of this scandal. I'm Taz Butts. I've been involved with the, the sport of cricket for most of my adult life. and Most people in my family, most of my siblings, play the game as well. Taj Butt and his family emigrated to the UK in 1970, and Taj has been the chairman of the Gedeir's Arm Cricket League in Bradford for 35 years. He also worked for the Yorkshire Cricket Foundation, the official charity and community arm of the Yorkshire County Cricket Club, for three years, between 2014 and 2017, when he resigned. Taj knows cricket in Yorkshire from beginning to the bitter tail end. It's very much part of our heritage. I was born in Pakistan and, and then from the early stage I really got into the, the sport. 
you moved to the UK when you were 12 and you landed up in Yorkshire. Can you describe for us what that was like? What was growing up as a teenager in Yorkshire like back then? I actually do remember quite vividly arriving at Heathrow Airport and then driving all the way back up north. And it was similar sort of day to day today. It was very cloudy, very misty, and all the way sort of coming up north, or thinking that's like I was used to, clouds are going to move any minute now, and then the sun's going to come out, and it's going to be lovely. But I think I've been waiting ever since for the clouds to move, so yeah, it's, the weather <laughs> hasn't changed that much. Yeah, so obviously it was strange coming to the environment and then arriving here and then having to start life all over again. In, in terms of going to schools and, and so on. And so that was a sort of quite traumatic experience for me because in those days, generally when people arrived from the subcontinent, you went to what were called immig- immigrant centres to sort of teach you the basic English and so on. But because I had some education in Pakistan and I could read and write and, and English as well, I was actually sent to a mainstream school, which happened to be a grammar school as well, to make it worse for me. Talk about being thrown at the deep end. That's literally was my introduction to life in this country. And was it easy to fit in? It was very different, of course. We did we did just stick out like a sore thumb in the community and it's, I think it's fair to say that we weren't necessarily accepted uh, straight away and the sort of terms that are back in the headline now, that's what we were called at the time. I mean, tell me about that. Do you, do you remember the first time somebody used the P word? At the time, I remember that one of the boys actually said it was, it was a, quite a positive thing because the word park is associated with something that's clean and pure. So initially I, I sort of took it as a compliment, but later on, you know, I was to find out that that wasn't the case. It was associated with bashing, both from the kids at the school and also outside the community as well. If you happen to be unlucky enough that you missed the bus home and you were no longer with your friends or you happen to be out at night by yourself, there was a good chance that you were likely to be attacked by people. I was told that's what was referred to as P bashing. But on, a, on a Friday night and Saturday night, a lot of the, the skinheads, you know, who, some of those who belong to organisations like the National Front and so on, they went out on a Friday night, had a few drinks and went around looking for a lone Asian person who happened to be out at night. The Times cricket writer Elizabeth Ammon also grew up loving cricket in Yorkshire. But for her, it was a very different county. I remember growing up in Sheffield, my dad and my brother played cricket and, and I scored cricket. Uh, and Sheffield was a, a quite siloed place in terms of the different communities. And I grew up in the rather middle class west west bit of Sheffield. And the diaspora communities from, from Pakistani communities, Somali communities, Bangladeshi communities were in a different bit of the city. And there wasn't a lot of integration. It wasn't an integrated city. And where would you sort of have the crossover? Was it in schools? Was it on the cricket pitch? In schools a little, yes. In cricket, again, quite quite split in that there would be Asian teams which were purely and, and only Asian teams and teams that were almost exclusively white. That was quite prevalent and there were indeed... Asian leagues who played just against other Asian teams. There was certainly instances of, of Asian teams not, I think, not feeling part of the system, not wanting to be part of the sort of county league system. It did feel very sort of old school establishment. I mean, you sort of say old school establishment. Tell us a bit about that. What was cricket in Yorkshire like at the time? It was very white and committees were all white 
middle-aged men. I mean, that's by no means exclusive to Yorkshire. That is, that is the way that, that, that cricket has, has been for decades and decades and decades. But it, yes, the structures were all very steeped in white men, middle-aged men running the game. You know, you've been involved with, with following cricket from the sidelines for most of your life. What sort of things would you hear? What was the culture like when it came to race? I, I won't pretend that I never heard any language that we wouldn't use now, because I did. I certainly heard it, and I certainly heard some things on the pitch. You know, the term sledging, which listeners may know, is is how you try and get a fielding team tries to get into a batsman's head by giving yeah. them cheek or, you know, this and the other, and sometimes it becomes abusive. He was the first of Pakistani heritage to captain Yorkshire's cricket team. But Azim Rafiq cut his career short, driven to tears and thoughts of suicide, he says, from racial abuse he suffered while playing at the club. Club's chair has resigned and it won't be allowed to hold any major or international matches. But comments from the panel looking into it were leaked, reportedly saying a racially offensive term used to describe Azim was simply banter. So... When this scandal suddenly hit the headlines about Yorkshire Cricket Club and race, were you surprised? Not in the slightest, sadly. The thing that surprised me is that it's taken so long. There, there is a particular culture in Yorkshire, and I'm by no means saying that there isn't problems in other counties, but Yorkshire has such a huge tradition. It is the biggest county, it has the biggest participation, it's produced the most international players. We've had incredible games at Headingley, which is the, the, the home of Yorkshire County Cricket Club. It is steeped in English cricket, it is, mm. it is at the heart of English cricket. There has been a certain sense of Yorkshire exceptionalism <laughs> up until... I think it was early 90s, they had a policy of you couldn't play for Yorkshire unless you were born in Yorkshire. Oh, um, wow. Yes, and there's certainly not been that many considering the amount of talent there is around the recreational and amateur game because of the huge diaspora communities. And there's certainly always been a sense that there's a blockage somewhere or there are barriers or or, or even something more sinister than that that prevents people from coming through pathways and I have had parents recently say to me that they just took their children out of you know uh, uh, Asian parents took their children out of the system because they didn't feel they were getting a, a fair crack at it. For all of us who've been following the headlines in the last few weeks it's felt like people have been resigning every other day. New Yorkshire County Cricket Club seems to be falling like dominoes at the moment but tell us where does this story actually begin? It's been rumbling on for a while now, and I know there was a report that was actually out this summer. What did that report say, and why has it taken so long? Well, this all uh, stems from a very courageous Asian player called Azim Rafiq, who was at Yorkshire in two different stints between 2008 and 2018, who raised a number of allegations with the county about treatment while he was there. Treatment, he says, has led him to suicidal thoughts. He raised this with the county and nothing was done. So in 2020, he gave interviews to a couple of outlets, you know, quite heartfelt, quite painful interviews, which eventually Yorkshire then picked up on and said, we will commission an independent investigation into these allegations. The investigation took an inordinate amount of time, mm. sort of three times longer than they were expecting it to. They then produced a summary. There is a 100-page report, which about 
10 people have seen. And they produced a summary earlier this summer which basically said, apologised to Azim for what they termed at the time was inappropriate behaviour, which was terrible language, awful language, when actually what they'd found was that he had been subjected to racial discrimination and bullying. And in their statement, they used the phrase inappropriate behaviour. They then, a couple of months later, released a statement, which this is why it's helped become such big news. Three weeks ago, I think it was, they said that despite having found instances of racial discrimination um, and bullying against Azim Rafiq, no employees would face any disciplinary action, which didn't seem to anyone to be a satisfactory outcome. And that sparked a chain of events. One of its biggest sponsors, Emerald, whose name adorns their stadium, says they don't want to be associated with the club anymore. Tetley say they won't be renewing their contract and also Yorkshire Tea are pulling out too which was sponsors withdrawing, politicians getting involved, a select committee hearing at which Azim Rafiq will speak. And certainly there are names within the report that most of us haven't seen, which list allegations of of bullying, of of different language, of of the way that Azim had been treated, and indeed other Asian players, both professional and and in in the sort of recreational amateur game. I mean, so firstly, talk us through that. As you say, the the report itself hasn't been made public. Have we worked out exactly what kind of behaviour it describes? You know, you said it led to him having suicidal thoughts, so it's clearly quite serious. Do we have an understanding of what what was taking place? Not fully, I I should say, but some of it is offensive language that was used consistently. Some of it is things like being forced to drink when when Azim is a Muslim and other things to do with not being given opportunities. Mm. And Azim was released from Yorkshire and I think he felt that he hadn't been given a fair um, crack at it in the same way that other people who were white might have been. So those are the sorts of things that, that, that he alleges. And it's not just those specific allegations. It is a failure of process and leadership when he raised his concerns mm. that they were brushed away. And... When you say names are now sort of there's a drip drip of them coming out, I mean, how big a problem was this? In just his case alone, do we know roughly how many people have been implicated? My understanding is that it's around 12 current or former Yorkshire employees who have been named in the report. Now, I should say that only seven of the 43 allegations were upheld. The others, there was either not enough evidence or they found them not not to be true. And when Yorkshire Cricket Club announced that nothing was going to be done, nobody was going to lose their job over this, we did see, I mean, particularly Sajid Javid, we saw the health secretary tweeting about this. It's this suggestion that a racial slur could be dismissed in such a way that caused this furious response from the health secretary Sajid Javid. This is not banter, he tweeted. Heads should roll at Yorkshire County Cricket Club. Which is very unusual for, you know, something that happens in sport. Boris Johnson has talked about it. I mean, talk us through the the political response. Well, it came off the back of a little part of the report being leaked in which a former England player, and he's Gary Balance, who was very, very close friends with Azim Rafiq, used the P word, which he defends as being banter between close friends. Now, the problem is that the, the panel... Yorkshire appointed to look at the findings of the investigation concluded that Rafiq was not correct to be offended by that and it was done in the context of, and this is their word, banter. And I think that Uh is what triggered 
serious anger, rightly serious anger, that that the P word is never banter. It is an offensive term that causes deep hurt and has a long history of of, of deep hurt and discrimination. And I think that's what prompted Sajid Javid to get involved and then Nadine Doris, the, the culture secretary, and, and indeed a lot of other people. And I think that was really the tipping point to go, none of this is OK. The process that you've gone through has been nothing short of a cover-up. You have at every stage tried to cover up the findings and not been transparent and come to some absolutely bizarre conclusions. I mean, it is extraordinary to think Yorkshire Cricket Club would somehow be the ones to decide whether a term like that is, a, is considered offensive in modern Britain. Absolutely. Uh, and that it could be in any way construed as banter. And they tried to link... So Gary Balance is of Zimbabwean heritage uh, and Azim called him Zimbo. And they tried to conflate the two things that the P word... And Zimbo were the same thing, and the same thing has been called Brit or Aussie or Kiwi, displaying a fundamental misunderstanding of the history and the context of that word. And indeed, more shockingly, concluded that had Azim still been an employee of Yorkshire Cricket Club, he would have been disciplined for using the word Zimbo. Oh. Yes, <laughs> whereas that had just come off the back of Yorkshire saying that none of their employees would face any disciplinary action. And the staggering contrast there and complete failure of understanding of why this is such a big deal, I think really shocked people into thinking there is something really quite ugly running through this club at the moment. Coming up, is there something about cricket and its history that makes it more exclusionary than other sports? But first... I'm Matthew Campbell, Foreign Features Editor at the Sunday Times. I've always had a hunger for news, finding out things about parts of the world away from the beaten track. We can only do this thanks to the subscribers of the Times and Sunday Times. Subscribe today by visiting thetimes.co.uk forward slash stories of our times. you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. For those who love it, cricket is more a religion than a sport. But is there something about the game that makes it more stuffy and less inclusive than other sports? It is seen and increasingly a sort of private school, public school sport, which, to be fair to the governing body, they really are trying to tackle because it is a huge problem to only try and find your talent in a very small pool of people. I mean, I think, you know, without going into sort of great geopolitical and social history, there is a sense of colonialism. And, you know, that's that's where it all started, really. It was a, it was a game that, that steeped in, in empire and colonialism. That brings with it its own problems and its own history. And there is... I think with cricket, a very tight... It's a very small community, actually, in a sense, cricket. Yeah. You know, it is the same names, the same names running the game on a sort of a bit of a merry-go-round. And as I say, boardrooms full of white men, although that is changing slowly, but it's taken a long time. Tell me, what went through your mind when you heard the news reports about the racism that Azim Rafiq had, had experienced at Yorkshire County Cricket Club, and in particular about the way the club had decided that the P word wasn't offensive. We've been hearing about Azim Rafiq's uh, experience with Yorkshire for you know 15 months or so. I think it was last year when he first spoke out against what he'd experienced there. And, and clearly a lot of the things, gradually things have been coming out and Yorkshire have, you know, dealt with this in, in, a, in an absolutely awful way. Perfect example of how not to deal with such allegations. And just when you think that they can't get any worse, they've actually come up with something even worse. When, when it was leaked that, you know, the peer words were actually seen to be a banter, I think out of all this, that actually made people really angry. I think that's the day that the whole situation changed. I mean, what were you hearing within the community when that happened? What were people saying? People within the community itself. I mean, we, we experienced this, we have been experiencing this for, for a long time, not just in, in sport, but just in general life. And, and, and so that really didn't come as a surprise, particularly the old people of my generation. This is something we were used to on, on a daily basis. And with this particular scandal, you know, we've already seen a string of resignations now within Yorkshire County Cricket Club, but also sort of, you know, presenters who commentate on cricket, you know, former players who were also sort of named in, in as part of this report. Does that make a difference? Is this sort of like regime change? Well, the governing body, uh, uh, the regulator of cricket, the ECB, have come down pretty hard on Yorkshire. They have said that they are not currently fit for purposes of first-class county and therefore have been suspended. And this is big news within the within the cricket community. They've been suspended from hosting international matches until they can demonstrate that they have made sweeping changes and that includes changes to personnel because I don't think you can have the same people running the county that were running the county during the, the worst of it. But it isn't 
completely about individuals. So it doesn't just get solved by having a complete clear out of the boardroom, although that is a one thing that has been called for um, by a lot of people, including Mr Rafiq himself, that there needs to be a complete clear out of all the senior leadership at Yorkshire. I don't think that Yorkshire at all, indeed cricket, can move on until Yorkshire have had a clear out and sort of a complete mayor culpa. And Liz, what started off as an incident in Yorkshire County Cricket Club has become now a national scandal. Tell us about the man in the middle of it all, though. I mean, I understand you know Azim Rafiq. Um, have you spoken to him recently? Yes, pretty regularly. And he is, I mean, I absolutely take my hat off to him. This has been a horrendous battle. He's had the support of, of a couple of very good journalists and a very good legal team. But he really has had to battle at every stage. And he had already been suffering from certain mental health issues. He had a stillborn child and he then left cricket. He walked away from cricket completely because it was so traumatic for him. But this has been a real toll on him and his family. I mean, is there a sense that he's sort of been robbed of the opportunity of realising his potential? There is, yeah, absolutely. And that cricket's been robbed of of a very brave, talented man who could really bring a lot to the game and could give a lot to the game, even if it wasn't necessarily playing for England. You know, just just a really force for good in the game. And there is a real sense that that we lost out on that. And he's now, and this is remarkably brave, but he's now going to face a select committee in Parliament. How is he feeling about that, if you're talking to him? I, I haven't spoken to him specifically about that. I mean, I, he's being advised very well. And he has now agreed a a settlement figure with Yorkshire. There's no non-disclosure agreement attached to that. So he is free to say what he likes. Lord Patel of Bradford has been appointed chair and director of the Yorkshire County Cricket Club in the wake of Azim Rafiq's allegations. Lord Patel seems keen to draw a line under the past. And on Monday, the club opened an independent whistleblowing hotline for victims of discrimination. He's also apologised to Rafiq on behalf of the club. And I'd like to apologise to him. Must never happen again. We've settled the employment tribunal case, the legal proceedings with Azim Rafiq. Absolutely no restrictions have been placed on Azim on what he can or cannot say about his experiences. Azim will be free to speak about his experiences publicly. There will also be representatives of Yorkshire at that select committee who will talk through kind of their perspective and the process and the legal problems they've had. But this is an opportunity, this this select committee hearing, to really get into the nuts and bolts of the allegations, the culture, the failures of leadership, the processes, and indeed what happens next. When they get into the nuts and bolts of the issue, will it just be cricket that's in the spotlight? Is there something about Yorkshire itself that breeds racial tension? 20 years ago, it was the site of the Bradford race riots. Since then, far-right groups like the English Defence League and Britain First have frequently marched through towns in the area. And the far-right British National Party used to call it the jewel in their crown. Why did Yorkshire become one of the most diverse counties in Britain, but also one of the most segregated? 
We came in because of the types of jobs that existed and the type of labour that was needed to work in, in the, the mills and the cotton mills and so on. Obviously, there's a huge industry in West Yorkshire area. Bradford, a city of textile mills, has 12,000 Pakistani immigrants and nearly all of them work in the mills. One of them is Mr. Qureshi. That's why the people you see coming, because they can't get job in that country. And they get better job and better, you see, money in this country. That's why they are coming. So we settled here for that for that reason because obviously a lot of people thought that uh, that's where the jobs were. But obviously other areas you had the the NHS and the buses and the trains and so on. They're only two percent of our population, yet they form forty percent of our national health service. Our transport services and our basic industries would buckle without them. As long as you were, you were willing to, willing to work as cheap labour, that's what our community they came over and that and that's what they did. I think the first generation the thinking was that yes we're here, we're not going to be here for long. The usual practice is that we come here for three or four years for the first time. We try to know England and settle down in this country. We're going to make lots and lots of money and then we're going to go back to our own countries and sort of live our lives there as, as rich people. But obviously that, wasn't, that didn't turn out to be the case. Was there much integration between the communities? Yes, I think with the first generation there wasn't a, huge, a great deal of integration because people just simply worked for long hours in, in sort of difficult jobs. I think that we are getting better wages than your people, you see, because we are working more hours. You see, not only 41, some of our people working 72 hours, some of our people working all the week, you see. And there wasn't a great deal of time for recreation. But it's only people of my generation that we actually, once we realised that, yes, we, we are here and we're not going to be going to be back and we're actually part of the society. And, and we did start integrating within the community itself. We made sure that we got a good education, went to the colleges and universities and so on and, and tried to improve our way of life. And it's really interesting you talk about in your, ch- in your childhood, you know, there was a lot of pea bashing with sort of, you know, extreme far-right groups. I mean, just describe for us how the use of the word, the P word, has changed in your lifetime. People of my generation will still find it very difficult to hear that word. It brings back a lot of memories of the negative things that happen as a result of that word. But unfortunately for us, that this new words have actually started coming into use as well. Words like Taliban and ISIS and those type of words, they are much more likely to be heard on a cricket field now than, than the P word. You said that people like you have experienced this for years. Why do you think this particular story has really caught the national mood. Hopefully we feel that as a community, as, as a society, we've decided that this is not acceptable, this is no longer acceptable, particularly within, you know, when it comes to sport. So yeah, when, when obviously Azim Rafiq initially spoke out, it didn't make the headlines at all. It's been going on for 15 months. But we found that particularly as more and more details came out, that you know, people have actually found that nobody wants to see themselves as being unfair towards other people. And not many people deliberately go out to be racist. Uh, and there are lots of fair-minded people out there who, who, who actually have decided this is this is not right and and as more and more details have started coming out that I think some people have been quite shocked that this sort of thing would still happen in this day and age because most people will tell you no no this is not our sport and it's football or cricket we don't have races we don't have that problem but clearly we do uh, and it's actually come as a bit of a shock to a lot of people and, and we hope that this will actually have some positive impact on on the sport in general. And Liz, what does happen next? Where, where does this leave the world of cricket? 
It's a very good question. <laughs> um, there are various different, very worthy initiatives going on, but we have had a lot of them over the years. And it remains to be seen whether there's any cut through from them. But there is a, an independent commission for equality in cricket just been set up. And they have just called on anybody and everybody who has ever experienced anything discriminatory in the world of cricket or been put off playing cricket to give them their witness statements. And that seems to me like the best start is that we have to be absolutely clear that if people raise issues, they are listened to and they are acted on and they are investigated. Up until now, I'm not sure that we've had the trust that that's happened. And what about the man in the middle of it all? What next for Azim Rafi? Well, I mean, he has his own businesses in Yorkshire, a uh, uh, fish and chip. I'm going to give it a plug. It's called <laughs> Mother Hubbard's. It's a fish and chip restaurant. He's been doing some coaching and he has young children and he's got a supportive family. And And I think now there's been some vindication, I think... We hopefully will see him branching his way back into cricket. Really? I hope so. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to the subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times, with me, Manveen Rana, and my guests cricket writer for The Times, Elizabeth Ammon, and chair of the Gedir Zam Cricket League, Taj Bhatt. You can read more of Elizabeth's work at thetimes.co.uk with a subscription or in print. The producers today were Asia Fuchs and Sevda Moasari. The executive producer is Kate Ford, and sound design was by Falcon Kisseltuk. If there's a story you'd like us to look into, any ideas for future episodes, or if you have any thoughts on what you've just heard, then do drop us a line to storiesofourtimes at thetimes.co.uk. And if you enjoyed this episode, please do leave us a review. It'll help others to find it. Thanks for listening. See you again soon. <laughs>